Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you stop comparing and start living. I'm your host, Heather Creekmore. I hate to admit this, but I used to secretly obsess over my appearance. I thought it was part of my job as a woman to always look better, but never felt like I could be good enough. Maybe you can relate. God, in His grace, showed me a way out, and I want to give you all the tools you need to break free too. If you've ever spent too much time stressing over your looks, I get it. I hope you'll keep listening and find the same freedom I have. Here are three other things you should know about me. I'm a minivan driving mom of four. I'm author of the book Compared to Who and The Burden of Better. I'm a blogger at ComparedToWho.me, and you just may have seen my epic big fail on Netflix. If you've ever struggled with comparison or body image issues, Compared to Who is the show for you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and hey, tell a friend about it. Hey there, welcome back to the Compared to Who show. I'm here with Megan Hadley, and we are continuing an awesome conversation. We were just talking about why you eat all the things in the afternoon or at night. And if that's you, hey, and that was me, (laughs) we're continuing that conversation. You can listen to Megan's million dollar answer in the part one of this two-part series. Um, But I just have to say, Megan, so this is kind of responding to what you said last time about how we need to be eating more during the day um, to help us, you know, better manage. I'm not going to say not eat all the things, right? Because I think your point last episode was it's good for our brains to tell us we need to eat more. And we're just responding to that. And that's normal and natural. And that's not a lack of willpower or a lack of self-control or, you know, behavior that needs to be managed. That's like, just (laughs) what would you call it? Like natural instinct, right? Like, okay, body hungry, me eat. (laughs) I was just thinking this is so basic and simple, but so I homeschool and, um, and so Thursdays are my day that I am, I am one of those teachers you spoke to in the last episode, because I'm going all day and I'll tell you most of the time. Well, really, like I would say most of maybe earlier this year, we were getting our kitchen remodeled. And so like, it just wasn't convenient to have anything other than like a packaged like protein bar. And I wasn't getting enough. And then I would just grab a little something to have for lunch, but it wasn't enough. And like by the afternoon, it was hangry, but I was also just exhausted. I mean, just so exhausted. And then we got our, our kitchen was finished and I started packing more for lunch. I was like, huh, I'm not as tired as I used to be. This is strange. And then, so to tie this into homeschooling, so my boys are fifth and sixth grade and we're doing like simple science curricula, like I think sixth grade science or whatever, but it's life science. And we're learning about energy and how plants produce energy. And, you know, then primary consumers eat that energy. And then they learned about calories and calories, calories or energy. And I'm like, this is so ridiculous that my view of calories is bad, 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 bad. Oh, and I don't know why I'm so tired. (laughs) But the truth is calories are the way God created for us to sustain ourselves. So we can do the work that he's called us to do we need energy it comes from calories like what the heck like why are we anti-calories like what is the deal can you anything you want to throw in there to my rant (laughs) well somewhere along the way somebody realized that calories can and I put a big thing around can 
affect weight. And so once upon a time, you know, back when like Europeans settled in the United States and decided that like, well, we used to think fat bodies are beautiful, but now we see these black and brown folks who have fatter bodies and we want to create a social hierarchy. So we're going to say thin is better because it used to be that fat was better. <laughs> it used to be the yeah. beauty standard, right? People were diet, physicians were prescribing diets on like how to make people way more. Right. And so it just shifted with just the way we perceived these types of things. I mean, and calorie is like the name that we gave the energy that God put in the food, right? Like that's just a name we, you know, we all, we want to figure it out. You know, we're human beings that like to learn things yeah. and, um, and it, but that's just, you know, like the name we gave it. And then we piled a bunch of other stuff on top of it through the years, uh, you know, as a way, because of, because of the fear of fat, because of the fear of bodies changing, because of the, the happiness portrayed or the social status that's portrayed with being thinner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's good. I mean, it's, it's so interesting and kind of sad too, to just think about all those different layers and how all those different layers of cultural expectations and cultural beliefs and, and even family of origin beliefs, right? Like, because mm-hmm. most of us wouldn't be as affected if it was just culture telling us this, but when it's your family, <laughs> you know, especially holidays coming up, right? When, when, you know, your aunt who is always on a diet is going to say, are you really need that other piece of pie? Like it, it's hard to not you know, think like that and to, you know, diverge from the norm is a really difficult thing. So that's, that's, that's helpful. Um, you had another reel and it really, it hit me because I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is the way we think, but you phrased it and I should have had it pulled up here, but you phrased it like when you're doing really quote unquote good with your food and then life happens and you quote unquote mess up with your food and then you feel all these things and you, you do all these things. Can you, can you speak to that? Because I know that's, that's speaking to someone now, or that's going to be speaking to them after Thanksgiving when they feel like they were doing really good. And then the holidays. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And this experience can happen within the day it can happen within the week. It can happen within the season. It can happen, um, you know, as part of a, a dieting streak or something like that. Um, you know, even just the experience we described in the last episode of not having eaten enough throughout the day, maybe it maybe with the purpose of doing good, like sometimes that just yeah. happens logistically, but sometimes that also comes from this idea of like, tomorrow's a new day. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to do good. And good means, you know, eating these foods that we believe that are supposed to be the foods that we're eating in the amount that we're supposed to be eating, maybe to lose weight, maybe because we believe that leads us to optimal health. And then we do come in the door starving and we grab the crackers or the like, oh my gosh, those M&Ms look so good. You know, the chocolate chips that we had intended for baking, you know, whatever it is that we can do to get some, get some energy into our body. Um, and then the chocolate like, chips you you've been spying on my home, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> there are no M&Ms here cause they're bad, but there's chocolate chips. Cause sometimes we bake cookies. I can go find those. So, you know, this happens and then it might leave this feeling of like, 
I was doing good and then I messed up. Or like you mentioned during the holidays, like maybe you were following a certain way of eating that made you feel particularly good, but then the holidays come. And we see this in a bigger scale of like, well, I, I am not eating these foods that I deem particularly good. I'm eating these foods that I deem as bad and not really it's, it's messed up my eating. And what tends to happen is we tend to kind of kick into this, like, so I may as well just go for broke. Like I've already messed up. So I'm already here. So I will eat all the things and I'll start over tomorrow or I'll eat all the things and I'll start over in the new year or whatever the the conversation is that we're having in our brains that lead us to believe that it's okay for us to do bad now because Mm -hmm. we have promised ourselves we're going to fix it. But what happens with that is that we've we've kind of given ourselves this permission to eat these foods now, which is the reason why we never trust ourselves, but we're going to eat them in a way that, that is going to be even more so than maybe we ever even want or need, because we're going to take it away from ourselves in the future. And if you know, something's going to get taken away from you. Like if you gave your kids a bag of candy and you're like, you can have it for five minutes and I'm taking it away. Like they are going to get whatever they want if they don't have it. Right. Like they are going to eat it. Like they will so fill their cheeks with them. Shove it into my pocket. You know, if we mentally do this, if we know that we're going to take it away from ourselves, we're, we're going to try to make sure that we get as much of it as we can, because we know it's going away. It's, um, you know, it's like feast and famine it's, you know, in your body, in the, the physiological part, like your body doesn't know whether or not you're on a deserted Island and there are no <laughs> chocolate chips anymore, or like, they don't know that you're intentionally depraving it. It just knows that it hasn't had this glucose or this tasty, satisfying thing in a long time. So it also is going to encourage you. Plus there's this psychological piece of like, we call it a last supper mentality. It's like, I, you know, this is it like tomorrow's, you know, going to have to be a different day and I'm just going to, to eat all the things. And, um, and it, and it leads us to a place of, of feeling guilty, feeling more like we messed up and, And again, it's not about this idea of not tricking ourselves into not eating all the things. It's this idea of being able to approach food in a relaxed way. That's not guilt or shame provoking where we can truly enjoy it. And we can can truly connect with what we enjoy and how we enjoy it and how much of it we need in that moment. But when we create these conditions where our body isn't sure when it's going to get it next we mentally feel bad for doing it. And we know we're going to take it away from ourselves again. It's like, it becomes more of a compulsion, you Mm -hmm. know, it like propels us into it. And we need to have so much compassion for ourselves when we start to realize this, because I mean, that's just an expected response. Mm -hmm. It's an expected response, you know? Yeah. Oh, I mean, it makes so much sense. Like I have a client that calls it the last gas for 50 miles. <laughs> She's like, I'm eating like it's the last gas for 50 miles. <laughs> I love that. I love that illustration. Um, but yeah, and, and I think I think it was your real, and maybe it's someone else's, but I think it was your real about where you kind of tie this into, hey, do not go into the holidays with a mentality that you're going to start a diet January 1st because you are going to eat more than you would otherwise, because of what you're saying. What was that? Your real? 
Um, I, I would definitely say something like that. That's <laughs> okay. for sure. I'm not sure if that reel has come out yet, but it's probably oh, coming okay. out soon. Well, watch for that. Follow her on Instagram so you can see that reel and it, share it, with it, everyone. <laughs> it may have, it may have. And, and actually that's what in the, in the Fork the Food Rules membership, I just posted our masterclass for, for holiday eating. And this was the same thing we were talking about. I was like, think about this holidays. Like, is there anything that you, how do you want them to be different? you know, and what's a step you can take towards experiencing some more food freedom during the holidays? Because, um, you know, what we're describing here is really a cycle. It's a cycle that can happen within the days, within the weeks, within the months, within the seasons. And we believe that the answer to that cycle is this restriction. Cause we're told this is a lack of willpower. This is lack of self-control. You're the problem. And if we believe that, then we'll keep trying to fix it with the solutions that are provided for us by the, by the diet industry. And really, I mean, it, it feels so reckless, but the solution to the cycle is, is actually like forking these food rolls and this idea that you have to do something differently to make up for it. I describe Mm -hmm. it as like a pendulum swinging, like a Newton's Mm -hmm. cradle. Like when you pull that pendulum back and you can picture that being restriction, the more momentum you pull back the more likely when you let that go, when you say, okay, it's the holidays, the more you're going to swing the opposite direction. And if you keep pulling them back and forth, they're going to keep swinging farther and farther apart. But if you allow them to just kind of go, they settle in the middle. Mm. And that's what I, the idea of encouraging folks not to um, plan to diet in the new year, plan to fix it in the new year is to stop the pendulum swinging, but you have to be ready, right? To stop to stop the cycle, to end doing this. And then you find this beautiful middle where eating becomes much more relaxed and enjoyable and takes up so much less energy. Yeah. And I think that's what everyone really craves. Like we are told, you know, like you said, restriction is the answer, but to take that like one step further, we believe that when we get the size we want, the weight we want, then we will be free. And then what happens is like, let's say you can lose the weight. Like, let's say you go on the diet and you lose the weight because a lot of people do lose weight on diets. Mm -hmm. They don't keep it off because of this, right? They lose the weight. They've arrived. Okay. Now I'm free and free means I can eat what I want to eat because I'm the size I want to be. And then they do exactly what you're talking about. That pendulum, they've been restricting for so long. Then they eat more than they would otherwise. And they gain it all back, maybe plus some. And then the answer is, oh, I got to go back on another restrictive diet so I can get back to being skinny again. And it just keeps, I mean, that is yo-yo dieting, <laughs> right? That's, yeah. that, that's the cycle. But I will tell you, and I shared this on Instagram yesterday, um, you know, I, I don't, I, I didn't have a diagnosed eating disorder. I'm certain that I had Ednos, <laughs> um, but I, I was never diagnosed with anything. Um, yeah. But I also like, I, my biggest struggle was in the early nineties. So really only two categories. Mm-hmm. I, it wasn't anorexic. I wasn't bulimic. So there was really nothing, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, you were just a normal girl who worried about her food and calories and tried to exercise it off those kind of things. But I'll tell you, uh, I have been on an intuitive eating journey for a couple of years now. And, you know, definitely because of all those rules that I've accumulated over decades, you know, kind of, kind of struggle sometimes with like, Oh no, that's bad. But yesterday 
was my son's birthday. And I had bought some donuts to take to his like homeschool community class. And there are these two donuts left over and I bought them in the morning. And so like all day long, these donuts are sitting in my classroom and I tried to like pawn them off on people and no one would take the donuts. Right. Because when you offer a woman a donut, she has to give you like 18 excuses as to why she can't have the donut. Um, (laughs) So anyway, I end up bringing (laughs) these two donuts home and it was cold and rainy yesterday. And all I could think of, you know, and this had been one of my busy, like I'm going all day kind of days, but Mm -hmm. I I did okay with my eating during the day. But all I could think of was, I really just want a cup of coffee and one of those donuts. And you know what I did? I made myself a cup of coffee and I sat at the table and I ate one of those donuts. And on Instagram, I shared how like all the thoughts, like I had to beat back like the, Hey, holidays are coming. Uh, you know, you just had Halloween candy last weekend and you know, you don't deserve that now. You shouldn't have that. Oh, you know, donuts. Oh my goodness. Like you should just go eat an apple and a protein bar. And, and then, and what my usual habit would have been say, you know, years ago is I would have not eaten the donut. And I would have eaten a protein bar, an apple, a couple spoonfuls of peanut butter, twice as much as dinner. And then maybe like seven o'clock, like tore off just a little piece of that donut because I just needed to taste it. And then gone back a couple minutes later and tore off another piece of that donut. And then eventually eating the whole donut and eating the second donut too. And you know, it's like, ah, uh, what kind of insanity is that? But I think that's the way, that's the way I process. And I know there's a lot of people that do the same thing. And so I'm just testifying to what you're saying in that yesterday I sat down, I ate the donut, I drank the coffee and I was satisfied. I didn't have to go find 18 other things. I wasn't even tempted by the other donut in there. I was like, I've already had one. Like I, I, you know, check. (laughs) And, and, and it felt really good, really strange in a way. Like I kept kind of waiting for the, okay, when am I going to be tempted by that other donut? (laughs) But, but really good. So I, I know what you're saying is true. Oh, hey, it's November, the month when many of us think about giving and supporting our favorite causes. If this podcast or ministry has blessed you, compared to who could use your sponsorship for the year ahead, there are several ways to give. You can donate through Patreon, or you can use the Buy Me a Coffee program. Even a gift of $5 helps. Go to comparedtowho.me slash podcast and scroll to the bottom for all the links you need to support the show. And hey, if giving money is your thing, no problem. Leave a review. Those five-star reviews are as good as gold. Thanks so much for considering. I'm grateful for you. Yeah. And and I think what you're talking about too is a testament that it feels so, like I mentioned reckless before, it still feels so reckless to get rid of food rolls because it's like, oh, I will live a life solely consuming cheese doodles and Oreos for like <laughs> the rest of my life. If you let me do that, I would do, and you know what? you might for a little bit, Mm -hmm. because again, we talked about this expected response. Like sometimes that's very much part of somebody's process in this, Mm -hmm. but that's that pendulum swinging the other way. It will not stay. It needs momentum to go up the other side. Right. And if you will truly allow yourself and embrace that, that position, what that relaxed feeling is, is actually you being in control instead of the deprivation controlling you right? The lack of of satisfaction and the restriction creating so much of this, like back and forth between doing good and doing bad. It feels like you're in control when you're restricting, but it's like not a lifelong, like feeling of being able to decide, yeah, I want a donut. 
Right. <laughs> right. It's, 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 a dis- it's a distorted kind of control, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm controlling based on the rules, but yet mm-hmm. not satisfied. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think that that's kind of part of what I experienced yesterday. Cause, cause thinking about food being satisfying for anyone that's been a chronic dieter, it's all like satisfying is bad. <laughs> right? Like if it's satisfying, there's probably something wrong with it. It probably was something I wasn't supposed to eat. Like you just learn like, no, it's, it's almost, it's like, it's, I mean, I've often called it, it's like its own religion, right? It's an asceticism, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Mm -hmm. like purity, like I must deny, (laughs) like I will restrict and deny, and then I will be a holy temple, (laughs) you know, but yet like, no, God, God says, taste and see like your Instagram handle, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like he is good. He created food to be good, to be enjoyed. Honey is sweet. And we like the taste of it because it's good, Mm -hmm. right? Fruit is good. And, and so, yeah, I, I just, I, I love that. Okay. We got just a couple minutes left. Any, like, I don't know, any last thoughts, like any way to help us not go crazy during the holiday season? Like how do I get started? just eating a different way or, or losing diets. Is there, I, I know this is like, you could probably answer that for the next three hours, but um, <laughs> there's some well, way, simple place I can start. Yeah, there are, there are some commonalities and we've, we've touched on them all here that usually to help my clients is that, you know, we can work on the uh, way you perceive foods as good and bad, the guilt that comes up, so on and so forth till we're blue in the face. But if you aren't eating enough, you are still going to have that strong physiological drive to get enough food that is, you aren't going to be able to white knuckle into submission for forever. So I, I, I just encourage that if any of this resonates with you, um, experiment with you know, adding more to your breakfast or choosing something you really like. If you're making yourself eat some like, you know, plain oatmeal that you don't actually like, you know, let's throw some peanut butter and some chocolate chips in there and some nuts. And let's see, you know, where that takes you. Let's have a glass of orange juice with it. You know, let's, let's, let's jazz this up a little bit and, and see if that starts helping you feel better throughout the day. And during the holidays, I mean, even for your folks out there that are, have been practicing intuitive eating for a while, there's a lot of stuff that comes up that's special to the holidays. Like I'm going to save up because I'm going to have this big meal and skip meals during the day. But I really encourage the opposite. I mean, to have this relaxed eating experience to still eat your breakfast in the morning or eat like an extraordinary breakfast in the morning. Make sure you're eating plenty and that you arrive at your meal hungry, but not like starving. Yeah. That's (laughs) so good. Yeah. All means your stomach is precious real estate. Eat the foods you like and put that in there and don't stuff it with things that you don't like. And you feel like you should be eating at the holidays, eat the stuff you like and enjoy it. Uh, I love that. Well, I just think about the days when I've had a Christmas party and had that, like, oh, I got to save up for tonight. I got to save up for tonight. You know, all the good foods tonight and like, we'll not eat very much all day. And then woo, Christmas party, eat it all afterwards. You know, if it's at my house, woo, <laughs> I'm packing things up. I'm putting things away. No, you're putting more things in your mouth. <laughs> because I'm like ravenous. Right. So I think that is, that is solid advice. Megan. I love that so much. I could probably talk to you for another hour, but (laughs) ain't no one got time to listen that long. (laughs) So (laughs) Thank you.
you so much for being on the show. Okay. Tell us just a quick about your fork, the food rules, um, program, and then where we can find you. Yes. Um, our fork, the food rules membership is a community of people who have chosen not to diet, or we've also found that it can be really helpful for the folks that are like, yeah, this is resonating with me. And I want to explore it. Um, you get to meet with uh, my colleague, Laura and I twice a month in a group setting, and we have recorded master classes and a Facebook community. And it's really a great augment to any other work that you're already doing or a great place to be if you've arrived and you just want a place to be around other people who have chosen not to diet because uh, I hear sometimes you. it feels like everybody around you <laughs> on a diet. It's, it's a, at your own pace, choose your own adventure. Um, means of moving through this type of content, but with an opportunity to meet with us live twice a month. So that if you have any um, questions that are related to where you're at, or I mean, how often do we get new food and nutrition information out there? I mean, that's, what's so great about a membership is anybody can be like, Hey, Megan, Laura, like, what is this about? Or who's hearing about this? Um, it's always accessible. So, uh, that's the fork, the food rules membership, and it can be found at, uh, fork, the forward slash membership. That's awesome. And then they can follow you to see your awesome reels at taste and CRD, right? Yes, they can at your website. Uh, is www.simplenutritioncounseling.com. I hope something in today's episode has helped you stop comparing and start living. That's all for today. (laughs) Bye-bye. Hey friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the start here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. A powerful prayer life does not require hiking a mountain to be able to hear from God. God can meet us right in the middle of our busy lives to help, guide, and speak to us through prayer. I'm Christina Patterson, host of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, providing practical teaching and encouragement on how you can make prayer a natural and consistent part of your everyday life. I promise it won't require hiking a mountain, but you just might develop the faith to move one. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.